Chapter Ten of The Old Ladies by Hugh Walpole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten: Death of May Beringer. The firelight made patterns on the wall. Lucy Amherst's voice rose and fell. May Beringer lay without moving, staring in front of her. The words began to swim before the reader's eyes. The print and patterns of grey and black and ivory thickened like swarms of flies across the light the head nodded the book crashed to the floor oh i beg your pardon mrs amherst cried reading aloud always after a time makes me sleepy and i expect that it is making you sleepy too you've had enough of it i'm sure may beringer did not reply she was striving to be brave enough to utter certain words what she wanted to say was please mrs amherst don't leave me to-night i'm sure you could make yourself comfortable with the armchair and the other chair i will never forget it if you stay only for to-night please please don't leave me alone that was what she wanted to say for the last hour she had not been listening to the words that were read, but had been forming these words in her brain. Oh, please, Mrs. Amherst! But she had not the courage to utter them. She was frightened about this, as she was frightened about everything else in her life. She had detected in Mrs. Amherst something, not precisely hard, but rather restrained and critical mrs amherst would think may beringer a fool for her fears and although she did not mind that she should be thought a fool could she only get her way the immediate moment when she would make her suggestion and then see that look in mrs amherst's eyes was too difficult for her she rehearsed the words to herself again and again but the pushing them from silence into sound was too difficult for her and yet that awful moment when she should be left alone with all the long night in front of her was terrible for her too every way there was fear that woman was waiting for her on the other side of the wall she could see her standing there listening waiting until mrs amherst should be gone oh if only mrs amherst would herself propose that she should stay she read on and on until may beringer could have screamed from irritation it wasn't that silly book that she wanted to hear but rather those blessed words wouldn't you like me to stay here to-night i could make myself quite comfortable on that chair the book fell to the floor the moment of departure had arrived mrs amherst rose from her chair and gave a little yawn why how late it is i've been reading a long time don't you think that's a very pretty story yes i like the way she writes don't you oh yes i do we'll have some more to-morrow i've quite forgotten how the story goes it must be a long time since i read it and may beringer was saying oh do say you'll stop with me stop with me until at least i have fallen asleep she struggled to have the courage to force out the words don't you think uh, what is it dear you could make up the fire a little before you go why of course i will mrs amorous made up the fire patted the pillows a little then kissed may beringer now are you sure you are comfortable your heart isn't troubling you so much is it no oh no she put out her hand and drew mrs amorous to the bed do stay with me a moment longer i don't want you to go why of course i will dear you don't think me foolish do you oh of course not 
i am foolish and frightened a silly old woman but you've been so kind to me there's one thing i'd like you to do what is it dear would you mind before you go saying a prayer a prayer about the dangers of the night and being kept safe mrs amorous nodded her head i know she said she knelt down beside the bed and closed her eyes still holding may beringer's hand she prayed dear lord jesus we are thy children and thou knowest what is best for us we pray thee now when the night comes down over our heads and there is darkness everywhere that thy might may be ever before our eyes and that whether we are waking or sleeping we may know no fear the powers of darkness are obedient to thy command our trust is in thee and because thou lovest thy children thou wilt give them nothing that can do them harm so trusting we fall asleep in thy arms dear jesus amen what a nice prayer may beringer said with a sigh i have never heard it before yes it is a nice one said mrs amherst our nurse used to say it to us when we were children where did you live when you were a child asked may beringer holding mrs amherst's hand very tightly we lived in the lake district said mrs amherst smiling near keswick were you happy as a child oh very happy my father was a clergyman we had very little money but we didn't want much there were three of us and we lived all day on the hills we used to walk forever and ever we knew all the hills and all the lakes sewell and great gable and catbells and crummock and buttermere and st john's vale and westdale head and grasmere she said the names over slowly tasting them on her tongue and i have never been back there if i could once more see tirlemere from helwell she broke off laughing i forget i'm an old woman i couldn't climb even helvellyn now i've loved glebeshire and cornwall and devonshire since but not as i loved those hills doesn't it always rain up there may beringer asked i've heard it does and behind these words the others were following oh please stay here with me to-night please stay here with me to-night but she could not force them they would not come no of course it does not that's only the silly nonsense that people talk there is a lot of rain in all parts of england but we used to love when we were children to see the storms come up over the hills hiding them and then breaking like paper and letting the light come through and the lake durant water you should see the colour run over it like some one dancing i wrote poetry about it when i was a girl and then i married a poet which was better than writing poetry may beringer stared desperately about her was there nothing that would put it into mrs amherst's head to stay well said mrs amherst gently withdrawing her hand i must go now you must have a long sleep and then you'll see how much better you'll be in the morning won't you stay a little no you must go to sleep now she bent down and kissed her go to sleep and have beautiful dreams oh please stay a little while but mrs amherst was gone mrs amherst was gone and in the silence that followed her departure there came a new sound that may had never heard in that house before it was the dripping of a tap it must be out there on the landing how clearly it came through the closed door like some one counting time one two three four then a pause then several drips together like an old man querulously complaining and then in the steady drip 
drip again something stern and remorseless someone counting as though he said now when i've reached thirty may began to count she counted to ten and after that so many came together that she could count no longer she would never sleep with that horrible thing at her door the fantastic idea came to her and one's ideas are fantastic when one is sick and has been lying in bed with so many idle thoughts hovering about one that that horrible woman had started the noise it would be like her there would be other noises also in the house that would be of her agency oh i must escape from this i must i will go into mrs amherst's room and never mind if she thinks me a fool i will tell her that i must stay with her that i won't be alone she moved got half out of bed but her head was swimming the room danced round and round her pip climbed off the bed gave her one beseeching look and crawled away out of sight that frightened her he had been so strange during these last two days as though he also was sick nervous and frightened refusing his food even mrs bloxham had noticed it she sank back upon the pillows again and thence weakly cried pip pip come back come back good dog good dog but pip did not reappear a curious lethargy slipped upon her it was as though something had seized her limbs and she would never be able to move again she was almost asleep and fancied through her half-closed eyes that figures moved dimly about the room she was in her childhood once more all the family were around her with their noise and their selfishness and their jokes in which for some reason she was never able to share there was gertrude her eldest sister with her large fishy eyes her thin frizzled hair always trying to marry somebody may hated gertrude and gertrude hated may gertrude was forever putting her in her place telling her not to do this and not to go there not to be such a silly may could hear her voice very plainly that shrill high voice saying don't be such a silly may miss may is silly and she was a silly forever doing the wrong thing had gertrude been kind to her and shown her how to do things it would have been different if gertrude had been kind to her as jane betts afterwards was what a bright happy woman may would have become but they were always laughing at her so that although may was in any case a clumsy and awkward girl she was yet more clumsy and awkward well gertrude was dead now dead may had beaten her there but was she dead was she not standing there by the fireplace in just that lilac-coloured dress she used to wear with just that same affected smile and there was rupert fat and red-faced how anxious rupert had been about his figure but it was difficult because he loved food and he would starve himself for a week and then break down and eat more than ever but he had been kind to her when he remembered only he did not remember very often he was kind to her but he despised her may tried all things to make him despise her less she wanted someone to be proud of her someone anyone their stupid ignorant governesses miss marchmont miss lefebvre miss albany may remembered them all although it was so long ago but it was not so long ago after all it was only the other day was not that miss marchmont there now standing in the corner near the door 
miss marchmont was the thin bony one with the flat bit on the end of her nose which somebody said was like the portraits of rembrandt so that after that they always called her miss rembrandt and didn't she hate it surely it was only yesterday that miss marchmont had been seen coming into the house at five in the morning and had been compelled to leave that very day how excited they had all been and how curious what had she been doing that she should stay out all night the girls had talked among themselves and even may had been admitted into the family councils the boys had known more than the girls did and hinted at what they knew but wouldn't tell and there was may's mother there just beyond the railings of the bed how may had adored her and how she had longed to be adored in return but it was always the other girls who were petted and praised and shown off in company may had done things that she was sure her mother would like and her mother would have liked them too had only gertrude or clara or isabella done them but because it was may her mother had not been happy may saw that now she had found her once crying in her bedroom and had longed to put her arm around her and console her but she had not known how to do it nor what to say she had failed in that as she had failed in everything else in her life the shadows moved and moved again the fire leapt and fell may slept she dreamed she was hurrying along a windy road it was night and on one side of her was a dark wood she was frightened of course and she knew that when she came to a crossroads someone would be there waiting for her someone terrible she did not want to go on she tried to stop but the wind drove her along had she more courage she would run into the wood and hide there but no she must go on faster and faster the crossroads were there and standing clearly to be seen in the pale light was someone waiting for her she was flung onwards crying for mercy she tried to turn back and then as she saw the hands stretched out to grasp her she woke she lay the sweat on her forehead her body trembling her heart running and jumping and missing and missing and jumping and running she could see quite clearly there was no longer any shadows in the room she heard so plainly that it seemed that it must be with her now beside her bed the running tap one two three four she lay trying to remember mrs amherst's prayer lord jesus lord jesus lord jesus she repeated she closed her eyes but a sound forced her to open them again she cried who's there the handle of the door was turning very carefully and quietly closing the door behind her agatha payne came in good evening miss barringer she said i came to see whether you wanted anything i want nothing with a great effort breaking the restraint that held her she turned and lay with her face toward the wall agatha payne sat down on the chair beside the bed well, i want us to have a little talk if you are sleepy i can wait i am not at all sleepy myself may neither answered nor moved a long silence followed and for may it was filled with an agonizing determination not to show her fear she would not move she would not speak she was biting her lips her hands were fiercely clenched one holding tightly the red amber that woman might kill her but she would not move then her heart ceased to beat it ceased 
absolutely she began to suffocate someone seemed to be pushing her up to the wall so that her face was pressed against the faded wallpaper she could not endure her suffering and she turned in the bed that woman was sitting quietly on the chair she was wearing a loose wrapper of a dirty yellow one end of the wrapper had slipped off her shoulder revealing it of a curious copper-brown color and part of her breast she sat leaning forward a little staring at the counterpane on seeing miss beringer turn she asked smiling why do you complain about me i haven't complained yes to mrs amherst she came into my room and was very insulting i'm sure i've been very kind to you there were not many who would bother about a miserable sick old woman like yourself oh go away please please go away may beringer whispered go away oh no i'm very comfortable here i shall stay for half an hour or an hour or perhaps two perhaps all night i know you have come to steal my amber from me steal oh no certainly not i have come to make you more comfortable to smooth your pillows she leant over the bed may beringer gave a little cry half strangled by her fear and shuddered to the wall don't touch me don't touch me i'll scream i'll rouse everybody don't touch me agatha payne holding her wrapper about her brown neck with one hand leaned over her her hair raven black in the firelight had loosened and some of it hung untidily about her face your screams won't be heard there's only old lucy amorist she's fast asleep by this time and there's the passage between besides you can't scream you're too frightened try and see but i have not come to hurt you only to spend an hour or two you go to sleep i shan't touch you what do you think i am a murderess yes you would murder me to have my amber murder that's a nasty word why don't you take things more quietly say i'm sitting down i'm kind enough if you would know how to deal with me but when you tremble like that it gives me pleasure can't you understand the more you tremble the more i like to tease you i lift my hand and see you shake all over can't you see that i'm sick may beringer whispered i'm not young any more my heart's bad in my back it's true that you frighten me everything always has you did from the first moment i saw you well well said agatha payne moving her hand slowly up and down the counterpane fancy that i wonder why of course i'm not very handsome and sometimes i think i'm not quite right in the head i've had a good deal to try me at times but you shouldn't tempt me i'd have been quiet enough if you hadn't shaken and quivered at the mere sight of me that would excite anybody she looked at her huddled up beneath the clothes crouching as though fearing a blow you're a miserable old woman aren't you we aren't much the three of us up here in the top of the house birds of a feather but at least lucy amorous got some spirit you haven't got the spirit of a flea why if i were to drag you out of your bed and strip you naked and beat you round the room you wouldn't object that's what you want said may beringer panting you want my piece of amber you'll have to kill me to get it agatha payne shrugged her shoulders i'll have it some day never you fear now why don't you give it to me quietly it's only a toy when all said or suppose we share it i have it a month and you have it a month let's look at it no 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 all right then i can wait she sat in silence for a little and then she went on 
what do you cling to life for you're sick and always in pain you've got no money you haven't a friend in the world i've at least got my passions and lucy amorous got her pluck but you you'll be happier dead far happier may Barringer began to cry you're cruel to me dreadfully cruel what have i ever done to you you are the cruelest woman i've ever known to-morrow morning i'll have you turned out of the house i'll tell them all that you are doing to me and what am i doing pray having a little chat looking after you a little crying what do you do that for don't you know it excites me crying i've never cried in my life not when my lover left me because he was tired of me you've never had a lover not with that face of yours but i had plenty once i was handsome and i didn't care what i did you you snivelling old scarecrow it would be a fine sort of man that would make love to you may Barringer sat up a strange sight with the tears drying on her cheeks and her gray hair hanging about her face she kept her hands beneath the sheets i beg you to leave me just for to-night she said you can do what you like in the morning i won't tell anyone but for to-night yes said agatha payne give me that piece of amber and i'll go no never jane gave it to me very well then i'll wait a little i don't care i can sit up all night if need be she gave a little shiver it's cold in here you've let the fire almost out i'll have a blaze in a minute she went over to the fire, shoveled on the coal from the scuttle, found a piece of newspaper which she held up, going down on her knees. The room was for a moment dark, then a golden light sprang up behind the newspaper. There was a roaring chuckle, and the fire was ablaze. Agatha stayed there on her knees before the glow. She liked the heat. She knelt there, her hands spread out fan-wise the fire brilliant now and leaping changed the room great shadows were thrown on the walls agatha's hand was a gigantic like a flat moving fish the only candle was near its end and leapt also as though it were emulating the fire throwing its own shadows in silly rivalry agatha knelt without speaking and in the silence may Barringer heard very clearly the dripping drunken voice of the tap one two five i sh eh, i shall get it for being late one two three four she had her idea while that woman had her back toward her she would slip from the bed run across the passage and escape into mrs amherst's room it was as though she were attempting the most dangerous feat of her life she half rose threw her knees together slid to the other side of the bed and had her feet on the floor instantly agatha payne turned hello what are you about may Barringer stayed frozen her body limply attached to the bed she had even now her chance the door was not far once in the passage she could at least cry out so that mrs amherst would wake and hear her but she could not move for one thing her legs were trembling so pitifully that they would not support her body and she was almost slipping to the floor she could only gaze miserably upon that woman still kneeling but turning her great shapeless body towards her the blazing fire giving her black hair a glittering sheen i was going for a moment may Barringer whispered into the passage no i think not agatha payne slowly rose looking steadily at her if you want anything i can get it for you then her expression changed 
ah so you have it in your hand i wondered where it was may beringer put the hand that clutched the amber behind her back ah oh, let me go please let me go she whispered i should think not she took a step towards her you'll catch your death all naked you get back in the bed i'm mistress here now you want looking after i can see she made another slow lurching step towards her may beringer could not take her eyes from that face nor that shining hair nor that shapeless body she crept back into bed and crouched there her gray hair now all about her eyes staring through her hair the bedclothes huddled about her agatha payne came over and sat down in the chair once more that's what you were up to was it escaping under the passage ill as you are i can see you're not safe to be left a nice report i must give to the doctor to-morrow when i've let you wander all over the house may could only stare and stare her breathing came in pants her body gave little jerks from time to time as though it were trying to shake from itself some dreadful weight her face was of a grey ivory shadow only her eyes terrified peered out like some one staring into the dark the candle gave a leap and went out so you're holding it there under the bedclothes are you agatha payne went on that's a childish thing like a schoolgirl give it me for a moment i'll return it to you no came a small dry voice as though from an infinite distance i won't oh you won't won't you agatha sucked her fingers reflectively perhaps i shall have to make you in spite of my affection for you i don't think i can sit here all night you'd much better give it to me and i've done with it you'll have to tell them in the morning that you've given it to me or i'll come in to-morrow night too and the night after that and the night after that until you do give it to me what a fuss to make about a little thing i'm a determined woman i always have my way in the end you'd much better give it to me and go to sleep quietly the voice came again dry and distant jane gave it to me ah oh, she did did she you've told me that before you haven't seen your jane for years and i'm sure she's forgotten all about you long ago do you know that when you're dead there's not a single soul will be sorry that's a nice thought isn't it but i don't want to be unkind if you weren't such a poor miserable creature i wouldn't bother with you but you excite me i like to see you cry i like to see you tremble now you'd better give it to me or i shall have to take it the voice came again i won't jane gave it to me now come on give it up agatha leant over the bed may beringer with a little strangled cry moved towards the wall agatha payne moved her hand and quite gently touched may beringer's shoulder i'm not going to hurt you but i'm going to have that piece of amber just because i said i would come now great shivers shook may beringer's body two tears welled into her eyes and then slowly trickled on to her dry cheeks come give it me still gently she shook the other's shoulder then something moved in her some sudden passion or fury she leaned right over the bed her wrapper slipping her hair loose and wild you silly fool don't aggravate me i shall hurt you if you don't take care give it up now give it up may beringer was pressed against the wall but her head was turned staring up into agatha's are you going to let me have it i shan't ask you again there was no reply only a long-drawn heaving sigh agatha payne stretched her arm across the other's body reaching down below the clothes and pulled at the hand 
may beringer drew herself up over the pillow against the iron bars of the bed her body shook her lips were drawn back between her set teeth came little shuddering sobs now then don't be a fool any longer you see i mean what i say their faces now were almost touching agatha's hand pulled at the clenched fist she felt the cool of the amber with a rough strong movement she pushed up may beringer's arm at the same moment it was as though some sudden shock galvanized may's body she rose straight up against the wall stiffly like a rod her eyes staring out over the fire-shadowed room a convulsive movement shuddered through her she whispered oh jesus jesus and then with a sigh collapsed against agatha payne's bare breast the hand was still tightly clenched agatha took the amber then drawing back saw the body slide under the bedclothes huddled in a heap but the head with staring eyes rested on the pillow may beringer was dead there was no doubt of it agatha drew back holding the amber in one hand folding the wrapper over her with the other i didn't mean that she whispered huskily i didn't mean that there was a sound at her feet the dog crept from under the bed and looked up at her she looked down on him then stood stroking the amber with her hand she went back to the bed smoothed the counterpane the body lay now as though it were asleep only the eyes were wide she stood thinking she went to the mantelpiece placed the amber upon it then very quietly stole from the room End of chapter ten